Let me uh, indulge in a running story, can I? It's been, it's been some time. Oh, stop it. You talk about food and travel. I can talk about running. My passion. 50 days ago uh, today, uh, I was in a race and uh, I had a DNF. And if any of you know what that is, it's a, it's a did not finish. And uh, it's the first and only time that I've, I've ever stopped or bailed and never kind of finished the crossing, uh, gone over the cro fin crossed the finish line. And um, it was it was an event called the Seven Sevens. It's seven peaks in the morns above 700 meters. And it's something I've done a couple of times before. And I went into it kind of a little bit blasé. I, I knew I wasn't in good shape, but I knew I'd get, I thought I'd get round. And uh, so so I went for it. And uh, after the three hours, I decided to pull out. We'd uh, we'd done four of the peaks, and uh, and I was coming up the fifth one, meal bag it's called. And the legs just weren't working. And they were sore. It was a hot, sunny day. And I was just like, I'm done. I'm out. And, uh, and, and I bailed at that point. And um, it, it shocked me, actually, how quickly I got to that decision. Usually, I'm way better at suffering and just kind of plodding on and keeping going. And, and it kind of shocked me how quickly I was able to make the decision to uh, to simply stop and kind of throw in the towel. And this story really helps reflect the teaching series that we're beginning, all about resilience and being resilient in this hour, in this moment, at this time. After I'd made the decision to, uh, to pull out, <clears throat> I, uh, I realized I was real super thirsty and I found a, a real trickle of a stream I'd gone through a, a litre of fluids which I carried with me and, uh, and I filled up from, from the stream and just necked like loads and loads of water just straight off. And, and actually the two kilometre kind of um, downward um, trail that we followed to the nearest point of relief to the road which was where the broom wagon, if you're into cycling you know what that means, that the the bus of shame that was going to take us back to the finish. <clears throat> um, I, I, I found that, that bit of the journey was actually okay. I kind of felt revived slightly, having uh, had something to drink. And as I lay on the ground in the car park beside the bus that was soon to take us back, I began to really reflect on what just happened. And, and, and firstly, it was like, goodness, I made that decision to just throw in the towel real easy. And I was surprised at that. But secondly, I thought, Do you know, if I had stopped at a stream an hour before I bailed and filled up with water then, I wonder if I could have continued. And I actually reflected and thought, I was actually really significantly dehydrated. And that really impacted and affected the way in which I was moving. <coughs> Jesus, in his conversation with a Samaritan woman, says the following. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. 
Two chapters later in John's Gospel, after feeding the 5,000, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Ivan Skinner did a great job last week uh, introducing this new teaching series that we're calling Resilience. Um, I'm basing, or we're basing, uh, lots of this on a really brilliant book, uh, which I highly recommend to you. It's written by a fellow called John Eldridge. It's called Resilient, uh, and it is super, super good. It is written for this hour, for this moment indeed. And I have taken great uh, comfort and inspiration at this moment, in this hour. And we're going to take some of the themes that he talks about in his book over the next number of weeks. But Ivan did a great job, actually without John's help, uh, I've needed John's help, but he didn't. Uh, as he talked about uh, Elijah having had the encounter with the prophets of Baal and Mount Carmel, how he runs for his life and uh, after much time sits down weary, lying down beside a tree, literally just wanting to give up and to die. And in that moment, God rescues him. He literally feeds and, and replenishes his physical needs, but also um, begins to meet his emotional and spiritual needs to keep going, to keep running, to keep fighting, to keep pressing on. And so my question to us all this morning is, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Do you feel like you are running on empty? Do you feel like you're plodding on and you know that there's more for you. Life has been tiresome. Life has been weary. We're slowly recovering as a people, as a nation, out of a global trauma. And let's not mince our words. The uh, coronavirus was a global trauma. And we are uh, still just coming out of the shadows of that. And even the mere mention of it makes us in our hearts go, Oh, just flipping, let, let's just get on. Let's move on. That was then. Let's just move on. And I understand that. And I understand when people begin to talk about it, someone's like, we just shut down because we just want life to be good again and to get past it. But we're only now just beginning to pick up the pieces. And we would do well to pay attention to what we have just journeyed. We would do well to pay attention to our very souls and how it impacted us personally but also our society and communities at large. John, in uh, the first chapter of his book, uh, is entitled, I just want life to be good again. We just want it to be good. And uh, he describes this innate thing within each of us to remember Eden, to remember Eden, to remember the garden where it's good, where it's fine, where things are good, and life is going really, really well. This yearning for uh, us to have life, to have fun, to have enjoyment, to, uh, to have purpose and contentment and meaning, and for, for things just to be good. And he describes that, and he uses, coins this phrase in us, it's the primal drive for life. It's a good thing, it's a God thing. We want life in all its forms. We want life to be good again. In fact, uh, during the whole time of, of, of COVID, we took a pounding. That whole life to be good, it took 
an absolute pounding. And actually, if we consider before it, for many of us, life was already difficult. We did not go into the coronavirus having had a three-year sabbatical. We were already tired. We were already, many of us, running on fumes, as it were. We were drained. We were addicted to technology, overwhelmed by global news. We'd had Trump and US tensions. We'd Brexit. We'd uh, disassembled Northern Ireland Assembly. We were tired, overwhelmed, and uncertain of our future. And that was going into it. Going into it and through it, we had repeated cycles of fear, not knowing what was going to happen to us, let alone our loved ones. There was a distinct, significant lack of control of, of, of our lives, chronic disappointment, social isolation, sometimes weekly changes in rules, not knowing what we can do, what we can't do, economic uncertainty, loss of normality, loss of opportunity, loss of interaction, loss of health, loss of smell, loss of taste, loss of loved ones, and no one to share it with them. We lost a lot. And you compound all that, you add all that, it equals a loss of resilience. That ability to keep going, that ability to sustain things. We took a pounding. And the biggest thing that took a pounding was our very soul. We so desperately want things to be good, so desperately want things to be right. So what did we do during COVID for things to be good? I wonder what were some of the things that you did. A house makeover, a garden renovation, online shopping, more exercise, start exercise, learning to bake things, the latest TikTok, an online Zoom quiz. I wonder how many of us became members of wine clubs. Mine was a craft beer club. And then I realized they were going to charge me monthly. Afterwards, I quickly canceled that. <laughs> Any others? This is confession time, church. I've just confessed five or six of mine. <laughs> Buying a dog. Oh, Jenny looked like she had her hand up at the back. We wanted and we did things that brought us life. We wanted life to be good again. And it's not that those things were bad, by the way. But we wanted to quench a thirst that our hearts longed for, for things to be good. And it didn't matter what we did. Nothing was going to satisfy the thirst and the desire within our very souls. The big concern right now for us, for the people of God, for the family of God, is people giving up, throwing in the towel. Our hearts have taken a pounding. We're weary, we're now coming out of that. We're now into the new norm. And the new norm is challenging in itself. Our current future doesn't look great if we pay too much attention to the news. We have a war in Ukraine, don't you know? We've soaring energy costs, don't you know? We've another new government in Westminster. We still in Northern Ireland have no assembly. There still is no solution to a Northern Ireland protocol. And just recently, we lost the Queen, the one constant 
for many of us in culture and society, the one who had always been there, a steadfast. What will we do? How will we respond? Where will we take our thirst, people of God? Are we wholly trusting in the one who holds the stars, the moon, the galaxies? Are we trusting in the one who, uh, who sustains all life, where we know that the sun will rise again tomorrow? The one who is in charge of every minute detail of our lives. Are we putting our hope and our trust in him? Matthew 24 writes this. You will hear of wars and rumours of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you'll be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Many will turn away. Many already have turned away. Many have simply said enough's enough. I'm, I'm living for the good life. I'm looking, I'm seeking, I want things to be good, but I'm just not getting it here. I'm just not finding it here. Many will give up. And the, the hour at this moment is that we as a people are in a vulnerable position before, uh, for ourselves and our future. Has anyone felt like checking out and giving up? Has anyone encountered any of this stuff that we're talking about this morning? I know I have. Back in June, uh, someone, uh, I'm going to tell you who it was, it was Ivan. Uh, Skinner spoke last week. Ivan came to me in June. We had a coffee and a chat, and uh, he said, "Paul, how are you doing?" And uh, and I said, I gave him the usual pleasantries. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, you know, busy. And he pressed me gently and kindly and lovingly. And he said, "Paul, how, how are you really doing?" Like, and uh, and he said, he said to me, he said, uh, he said, "I'm concerned for you." I said, "Oh, okay." Why? He said, you appear to be on the brink of burnout, is what he said to me. I was like, Flip, I don't know what that looks like or what that means, but tell me, tell me. And he, he began to explain <coughs> signs that he'd seen in me. And uh, I knew I was tired, and I knew that uh, I was running on fumes. And, uh, and I was desperate for a holiday, for a break, and uh, very soon we, we got that, which was really significant uh, for us, and that's very, very important when we're tending our soul. But it was really, really uh, kind and loving of him. And um, he had noticed that, I think for me, one of the things that he'd seen and I knew was I had began to care much less. I began to care less about the church and uh, much so care less about people. And I'm sorry for that. And I'm sorry that that came. I, again, I know you've got loads of grace and all that, so I know that you know that, you know. But really I'd taken my own eyes off the Lord 
and um, I wasn't quenching the thirst and I was moving just closer, just the, a DNF, you know. He who's begun a good work in you, carry it to completion. We're running the race marked out for us with perseverance, with resilience. But he is the one who sustains. Resilience doesn't just come. It isn't like just grit and get on with it. Resilience is bestowed upon us. It's something that we receive. And that resilience only comes from him, the well. And we must go to the well to draw the living water so that we won't thirst. It's him, it's him, it's him. It's all about him, always was, always is. Simple message, come to the well to draw the water. Return to me. The second book, we're drawing things to an end here. The second book in the Bible is called Exodus. And Exodus is this incredible story about the people of God, the people of Israel. Uh, they've been held in captivity and bondage. They've been slaves to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And God rescues and redeems the most incredible liberation of freedom, of setting the people free. And they physically move and they begin to sojourn. They begin to journey into the new place, the promised land, to the place where God has fallen. And it's this epic um, uh, migration of people. Two million people embark on this journey out of slavery. But it wasn't easy. It was really tough. And they had to depend on God, literally, physically. Mana from heaven, water out of just most obscure places to sustain them for the journey. And after time, there was moaning and grumbling from the people. And after a while, they quickly forgot the God who had rescued and set free and redeemed them. And after a while, thousands began to rebel against Moses and against the leaders there. And they wanted to go back. They just wanted life to be good again. And they, 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 they embarked on idolatry and they turned their back on God and they wanted, they wanted to choose to go back to slavery. They wanted to go back to whence they had come from instead of continuing to trust in God's provision for each day to sustain them through the journey. We have journeyed a difficult one and we are entering into another difficult season where we continue to journey. Will we give up? Will we throw in a towel? Or will we choose to keep pressing into him and drawing from the well? Jeremiah writes, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns, that cannot hold water. He is the living water. Question is for us this morning. If you're feeling like some of the things that I've described this morning, my question is where will you take your thirst? To whom, to where will we go? 
We're going to do communion in uh, in a few minutes. But what I'd like us to do is not just kind of teach the word and and share in the moment where we're at, but it's really important that we respond. And and I want to take from this wonderful book uh, a practice. Instead of just the preach, let's practice what we're preaching. And so I'm going to lead us, and uh, you just just follow follow along in terms of how I lead and uh, just follow and practice um, this. It's, It's really, really good. Receiving the river of life. In order to tap into the river of life, we begin by loving God in our longing for life to be good. That's where things are decided. Nearly all of us are chasing relief in a myriad of hopes, plans and dreams without first turning to God. We need to enter the loving um, presence that God gives us. So our first step towards resilience is to to God. So let us um, let's pray this through. Let's pray. Jesus, I come back to you now in my longing for life to be good again. I love you here, Lord, in my soul's longings, desires, and heartaches. I consecrate to you my primal drive for life. I surrender to you my ability to aspire for good things, plan for them, take hold of them, enjoy them, and keep on aspiring. I consecrate all living in me to you, Lord Jesus. I give you my famished craving for life to be good again. I love you here. I love you right here. And now I ask that the river of your life would flow in me and in my longing for life to be good again. open my heart and soul to the river of life. Let it flow in me, through me, and all around me, restoring, renewing, and healing me. You alone are the life I seek, and I welcome your river into my heart and soul. I receive the river of your life in me. Thank you, God. I just linger in that moment for a while. Allow him to quench the thirst. receive from him. Holy Spirit, welcome your presence. Come and meet us.
Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You are the giver of life. You're the one who sustains. Thank you, Lord, that the night you were betrayed, you took bread and gave thanks. You said to your disciples, take this, eat this, this is my body broken for you. After supper, he took a cup. He blessed them and gave thanks. Again, he offered it to his disciples and he said, take this, drink this. This is my cup. This is the new covenant. Take this, for this is the forgiveness of sin. Jesus, the way earlier had said, I am the vine, you are the branches, remain in me. So Jesus, thank you that you gave us this wonderful practice that as we take of the bread and drink of the cup, that we are remaining in as we practice this, we pray that you would literally embody us and so fill us. God, we pray that as we do this, we would just know deep down we are forgiven. We are a new creation. We do not need to live in our past failure because of the cross of Jesus.